Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Check it! Make family out of friends! Make friends out of enemies! Peace to my family! Make friends till they bury all the places we've been! We're never sitting it out! We be getting it in! Where you getting it? I guess I'll finally do it. I'll extend this apology that I said I wasn't going to do. Apology number three. I am actually sorry that it took so long. Not sorry to you. I'm more sorry to myself that I allowed this top 23 of 2023 to eat up so many hours, so many days, so many weeks of 2024. But that's okay because this is it. We're finally here at the last chapter, episode three of the three part top 23 of 2023. That's a lot of threes. I'm Steph Curry out here in the podcast world. Unofficially, it's like episode 363 as well. Divide that six by two. That's three. That's 3,333. This math doesn't make sense. Doesn't matter. I'm just trying to say three a lot. And I did. Mission accomplished. So what's left? What to expect? I've already been through 16 of my favorite records of 2023. That leaves seven more for you. We've covered most genres available. All the genres, of course, that I cover on Getting It Out podcast. You've heard hardcore. There's been death metal. There's been stoner rock. There's been plain old rock and roll. A little bit of black metal. A taste of crossover. Something psychedelic. A lot of 90s retro stuff. And now it's time for something on the indie side of the spectrum. What am I talking about? Let's get to it. My introduction to the desert rock legends Fu Manchu was complicated. It was via the compilation The Hard and the Heavy Volume 1, released in 1999. It included their song Over the Edge. I just looked it up. The track list is incredible. Two discs featuring the finest of the hour. It kicks off with Kid Rock and wraps up with Amorphous. In between, you've got Power Man 5000, Monster Magnet, Limp Bizkit, Nevermore, Megadeth, Neurosis, Slipknot, Queens of the Stone Age, P.O.D., Puya, and so much more. I want to listen to this right now. Instead, I'll read you the best reviews I just found on Amazon. This one is titled, if you are gay or you have a giant mustache fueled boner, dot, 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 by Jim Dickslap. I should do a voice. This compilation is mega dated. Nostalgia trip for when you were angry in middle or high school. Some songs actually kind of held up, but most are trash. Good for a laugh if you can afford four bucks for a laugh. He left that review 12 years ago, by the way. Here's another one titled Rock by Snapper. I would recommend this CD to all the posers in the world. What want to be rock aficionado came up with this selection of music. Maybe the definition of rock and roll has changed over the years. It is the weakest CD I've heard in a while. It has. Rock and roll changes all the time. It's always kind of the same thing, but uh, what. You know, it changes, whatever. Okay, uh, let's go to one more. Decent Starting Point for Newcomers by Iliwed Vasquez. He actually leaves the longest, most unnecessary review I've ever read. It's a track-by-track breakdown, but he says this about Fu Manchu. Number seven, Over the Edge, Fu Manchu. Don't remember much about this, and neither do I. I didn't get it then, but I most certainly get it now. Fu Manchu has become a legacy band of the stoner rock genre, arguably 
the second most famous Foo band. I love their collective output under the moniker and the many other side projects they have spawned. Guitarist Bob Balch is the most prolific of the bunch. I'd suggest any of his projects. There's a new Big Scenic Nowhere record on the way. And he's also doing a band called Slower, which is just Slayer songs played slower. Do you get it? It's genius. Anyway, Foo bassist Brad Davis launched a new side project with Moab's Andrew Giukamakis in 2023 called Gods of Sometimes. It's understated indie rock. I guess you could call it that. As the band explains, coming from heavy bands, we wanted to make a chill record, something you could listen to in the morning with your coffee and not get bummed out by too much aggression. We love heavy music, but we also like mellow melodic music, and we wanted to explore that. There's still some muscularity on the album, but it's really about melody and vibe, end quote. You'll hear the Beatles, David Bowie, and even some Dinosaur Jr., but maybe that's because Jane Maskus features on the track in the end. This record dropped while I was at the beach, and I enjoyed it under the shade of my cool cabana with my toes dug in the sand. Maybe that's why I find it so relaxing. Maybe that's the way to listen to it. Let's try it like this, though, not like that. Here's In the End.
The term walking contradiction describes someone who says one thing but does another. This applies to me in a lot of places, really, but mostly when it comes to morals and acceptable social interactions. That's too deep and scary to get into. So let's find another subject I regularly contradict myself on. How about death metal? That'll do. How do I like it? Technical? Not really. Straightforward and brutal? Too boring. Blasphemous? Corny. The grinding variety? Get a fucking job. What's left? Uh, Slam? Give me a fucking break. Okay, let's try it this way. Let's do it with bands. Death? Absolutely incredible. Deicide? Burn a cross into my forehead. Incantation? Put the whole discography on. Exhumed? Bury me in it. Morgoth, Dying Fetus, Cannibal Corpse, Vastum, Obituary, Frozen Soul. Yes, 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 and yes. I don't know how many yeses are required there, but it's probably enough. Horrendous? Don't even ask. Just assume I love them because I do. From blasphemous creations through idol, I've been enthralled by their varied technical, melodic, and masterful approach to death metal. So it's no surprise number six on my list is their 2023 release on Season of Mist Records, Ontological Mysterium. Here's a record I took my time with, because I think that's the way to appreciate Horrendous. My infatuation started with Ectasis. I went backwards, discovered Chills, Blasphemous Creations, then forward to Anaretta and Idol. And now this year, and now this past year, the bar was certainly raised pretty high for Ontological Mysterium. And miraculously, they met it. I got ultra excited when I heard the first singles, Cult of Shadow and the title track. And I reached out to the fellows in Horrendous to have a discussion about the record that I hadn't even heard yet. And I shouldn't have been surprised. It was one of the most insightful and intelligent conversations I've had about music all year. Like I mentioned, at the time, I still hadn't heard the full record. And I asked bassist Alex Skolnick what to expect. What would be different? What am I in for? And here's what he had to say. It feels like we've taken, we've looked to the past and, and we've looked to the future at the same time. And we've been able to like distill it in a way that is like more coherent, more fun, somehow still more variety than idol. Mm. Uh, I feel like the singles are just like a taste of the different kind of environments that people are going to sort of hear on the entire record. and at the same time, I think that it's like there's more space. There's there's more. I feel like the high points are higher. Like the the there's like I was saying, there's a lot of difference on the album. Like it's hard to choose singles in this situation because you know, like maybe there are people out there that are, have heard Cult of Shadow and uh, and the title track and being like, ah, oh, like this is what to expect from the record. But when they hear the intro and track one to the album, you know, I think they're going to be quite surprised. Uh, because it, you know, it's like, it's almost an entirely different world to some degree, but like, but coherent, you know, like right, not right. just throwing darts at the wall. So I, I think like, I don't know, I think it's more fun. I think it's more high flying, I think. And it's also more ambitious. And I'd have to say, I strongly agree with that sentiment. The evolution of the band from sweet blasphemies to ontological mysterium has been a joy to watch and listen to. And I'll extend that joy to you here with the title track from Ontological Mysterium. Here is Ontological Mysterium.
The only unsolicited suggestions I like are the ones that I give. That's essentially the entire function of this podcast and the website that hosts it. I'll tell you what I like and I hope I'm right. I never find out. It wouldn't change anything if I did. I've been doing this since I was a kid. Mixtapes and CDs. Every now and then I get official street team duties. Like the summer I spent putting two song promo tapes for Cold's 13 Ways to Bleed on Stage into every black t-shirt and palm I could find. Or the year I spent plastering Matic Gravity stickers all over suburbia. The payoff that time was free tickets to see Creed, Jerry Cantrell, 12 Stones, and Matic Gravity, who never showed up. There were perks, but that wasn't the motivation. Otherwise, I wouldn't have made mixed CDs to pass out to friends. I'm fondly remembering one featuring E-Town Concrete, One Side Zero, Il Nino, and Full Devil Jacket. Something for everyone. How considerate of me. What I see now in hindsight is that most of these bands, maybe not so much the rap metal ones, but also mostly the rap metal ones, had what I would consider crossover appeal. Crossover to the normal people of the world. How else did One Side Zero get in that Mandy Moore movie? May it have been me? A walk to remember? More like a 15-second scene of a bus ride to remember. But over the last decade, and I don't think I'm exaggerating, the band I've suggested the most is Atlanta's Brother Hawk. I almost called them sex machines just now. Not because they are, but because I want to. There's something seductive in the music Brother Hawk makes. It ain't sexual, but I can't think of a better word. Maybe it's sensual. That makes way more sense. Their blues-infused rock and roll is soulful and smooth. It overwhelms me. I simply cannot fathom how they could not be appreciated. So I will continue to shove their music down the throats of everyone I can. Led by J.B. Brizendine on guitar, vocals, and harmonica, 2023's The Dreamer stands as a tribute to his late father. The Dreamer is my dad. Joseph, the dreamer from the Bible, is his namesake. I wanted something that said his name and that it was about him without actually saying it. And the dreamer was the first thing that came to my mind. It's him. Positive, hopeful, mystical, curious, says Brizendine. My father passed away in July of 2017. He was my best friend and he was in the band as well. He played harmonica on all of our releases and played shows with us all around the Southeast. He was diagnosed with terminal brain cancer in February of 2017. The songs on the record are about my life since then. The impact that his passing has had on myself, my brother, and my mother, as well as my relationships with them. I see it as a love letter to my family, in a way. I asked JB about the song Under the Rain, specifically the lyrics, on episode 295 earlier this year. Here's what he had to say. It's a song for my mom because the first verse is about a day that her and I were driving to the beach not too long ago, just like a a little over a year ago. So that was about a day, the two of us. And then the second verse is um, from like my childhood. That's me and my mom, my dad, my brother. And we had some family favorite CDs in the car um, and Faith No More, King for a Day, Fool for a Lifetime is one of them. And, uh, we would just listen to that all the time and we all like loved it equally. And it's what, you know, it's a really fucking weird record, but yeah. <laughs> incredible stuff on it. Anyway, the very last song on King for a Day was like just the one that we would listen to the most and just sing and have a good time coming home from dinner or whatever we were doing. So that was just the two verses, just kind of like about two different times with my family feeling good. But then also, you know, the first verse is after my dad is gone, you know, and it's just a lot of things that go with that. And then honestly, the chorus that was from, I, I had like a song a long, long time ago, like, probably like 10-ish years ago um, that had a chorus that kind of went like that. And I never really liked the song and like didn't like finish it or anything like that. But my mom always really liked it. So I was like in that zone of like writing for my mom. So I was like, oh, I want to like put this in the chorus and make that make it kind of about that.
Among my oldest friends is a guy who I've defended on many occasions. He doesn't know about it and I never tell him, but my defense has always been the same. A variation of the phrase, if you knew how he was raised, you'd understand why he acts that way. It's vague and it's meant to be. It works to temporarily diffuse the situation, creates some empathy and essentially gets us off the hook for whatever chaotic or irrational behavior just got us there. However, at this point in life, I'm tired of the antics and justifying them. So I've just distanced myself. I truly look forward to the day he decides to explain himself or simply calms the fuck down. On my fourth favorite album of 2023, Love's Holiday, Oxbow seems to have done both. Honestly, every time I listen to Oxbow, I feel like I've never heard them before. The music they've created over the last 30 years is jarring. From Fuckfest to Thin Black Duke, I often walk away with that car crash feeling of what the fuck just happened. Even when I know exactly what happened, it's more of a deja vu than total unfamiliarity. The croak of Eugene S. Robinson's singing is impossible to forget. His delivery and vocal patterns are distinctly different from any other artist. His writing style in both lyrics and in print is often too sharp for my brain to process. But throughout Love's Holiday, that croak is more of a croon to match the mood of the music. It's a slow record. Self-described as an album of love songs, Oxbow certainly feels like they are pining to get something off their chest. Maybe they told us all before, but on Love's Holiday, they are making sure that it is heard. This record sits with you on the edge of your bed, looks you in the eyes, and tells you the truth. The track All Gone builds like it's part of a big reveal and a penultimate film scene. It's not the first or only moment on the record that feels like cinematic, but it will make your mind create a scene. Uplifting choral moments, beautiful piano instrumentation, creepy whispers from Robinson. There's a lot of play on this track and it doesn't feel like too much. Every album and probably every song in the band's catalog feels intensely serious. Still, stripping away some of that intensity is sort of an addition by subtraction. The slower and calmer approach on Love's Holiday gives these songs a weight that pushes a little further on the listener's soul. It's like literal heavy music.
I'm a fan of John Gusman. He has appeared on Getting It Out podcast on two separate occasions. Once to discuss his melodic hardcore band, Rule Them All. They are excellent Long Island hardcore. He does the vocals. Catch them opening the upcoming Civ and Shelter show. Jive Bob's on it as well. Where is it? I don't know. When is it? I don't know that either. Just look it up, all right? I'm, I'm saying that to say the guy does many things, wears many hats. He's an artist as well. I've got his comic books right here in the drawer beside me as I speak. He's a painter. He's an artist. He's all sorts of things. A renaissance man, some may say. And in 2023, he joined me again. Our most recent conversation on the podcast was all about one of the bands he plays drums for. Yes, one of them. This one was Restless Spirit. It was relevant because the band either just did or was about to release one of the best records of 2023. That's why I'm talking about it here at number three on my list of the top records of 2023. It was released on Magnetic Eye Records, and it's called After Image. Or After Image. It's one word. I don't know how you're supposed to say that correctly. Do you say it quickly? It's one of those things, like green beans. That's a fun argument in my house. It's actually a thing that I have fun arguing about in my house. My wife says green beans. I say green beans. Which one's right? One is, one isn't. It's time to decide. Right here, right now. Green beans versus green beans. Anyway, at the time of me and Mr. Gusman's chat, I did not know how much this record was going to consume me. It's equal doses of rock and roll and heavy metal with additional splashes of prog and sludge. It's a chunky boy with melody and hooks abound. It goes on and on, and I never wanted to stop. Maybe it's because I've had it on repeat for days, weeks, months. Can't say years. It hasn't been out that long. But it will be eventually, and at that point, it will have been on repeat For days, weeks, months, and years, it's inevitable. There's some real easy comparisons you can do with Restless Spirit. You could say Mastodon or Baroness or Torch or, I don't know, stuff like that. You you get the picture. But these guys are, with each release, putting themselves to that level as well. It will not shock me if in the next few years we see Restless Spirit playing at the same level of those bands if they can keep up with the consistency they have since established on their first three LPs. But by far, After Image is the best of the bunch. Don't get me wrong, Blood of the Old Gods is excellent as well. Please go back and listen to that one as well. But first, don't do anything else in your life until you check out After Image by Restless Spirit. And you know I'm going to do you the favor of starting you off right here, right now, with a track from the record. This one is called Marrow.
of people have tried to tell me that I am Irish. I'm not saying that I'm not. I'm not saying that I am. I'm saying I don't know. I'm not ready to do the 23 and me and all the relatives I can ask. Well, they are deceased. So who really knows what I am? Tough to say. We'll never know. You can't have my DNA. I'll just be this normal ass white guy from the United States of America until the day I die, I guess. Anyway, maybe I am Irish. And maybe that's why the first time I heard the band the murder capital. It spoke to me in a way that a band playing uh, post-punk or whatever you want to call this never has before. It's super dark music. It's kind of too artsy for anything I thought I would ever like in my life. But there's something about the band and their last record, the one that came out in uh, what was the year 2019 when I have fears on human season records that I instantly loved but I didn't know it. It's like I didn't want to admit it that I could like this type of music. And in 2023, when they dropped Gigi's Recovery, I gave in. I love the murder capital. I don't know what to call it. I don't know how to explain it. Everybody I've ever played it for kind of looks at me weird like this isn't that cool. Maybe they're right. Maybe it's bad, but I love it. James McGovern, the vocalist, has this uh, croon that he does that I find powerful. It's what I immediately think of when I think of the band. It's really dry. Sometimes it doesn't quite fit the music, but it always works in a way I believe it's intended to. It keeps me coming back to the band with their post-punk style. It's a little gothy. It's a little nerdy. There's no way anybody in this band is overweight. This is underweight music. This is people are concerned about you music. Not the listener, but the, the, the performer, there's no way you can uh, play this type of music and be stable, which makes it sound like it's unhinged. It's not. It's just like sad. I don't know. I'm doing a really bad job of explaining this record, this band, their sound. But I admit I've had a really hard time understanding what I like so much about it. And at this point, that kind of feels like a lot of the appeal. I've looked, I've checked the stats due to the amount of songs on the record. It's running time, the length of each song in particular. The Murder Capital's GG's Recovery is my most listened to record from 2023. And that's good enough to get it to number two on this list. If you'd like to try to make sense of what I'm talking about, here's the track Ethel.
about halfway through your first listen to Mondo Drags Through the Hourglass, you'll likely surmise it as your favorite record of 2023. At least that's what happened to me as I stood alone in my backyard burning an endless pile of Amazon boxes. That's what I like to do. I like to burn the boxes. Nothing better than a warm Saturday to go out back. Throw some Amazon boxes on the fire. God knows we have plenty of them here around the house and take care of that. Do my own in-house recycling. Is it good for the environment? I don't know, but I like to do it. So I'm going to keep doing it anyway. That's where I was. That's what I did. That's how I discovered how much I love Mondo Drags through the hourglass. It was an album that was already on my radar. They had released a couple singles like Burning Daylight Part 1 and Part 2. But when I listened to those singles alone, they didn't strike me the same way as they did when I listened to it all as a whole. And that is the best way to take in this psych prog masterpiece. Their first album in a few years, I was plenty familiar with their discography being that they're on Riding Easy Records. I check out everything they put out. But on my first listen through this full album towards the end, probably in the last track run, I picked up my phone. I pulled up the old Instagram. I sent a direct message to Riding Easy label boss Daniel Hall, and I just had to say how much I loved this thing. That's not a name drop. I'm telling you that so you can understand how immediately I thought this is the best record of 2023. My wife and I then proceeded to listen to it back to back to back for the rest of the evening. I started texting people and sending them tracks. Just, hey, listen to this. If you've got 11 minutes, you know, because the centerpiece passages is 11 minutes long, you're certainly going to get some Pink Floyd vibes. But it is psychedelic prog rock. So that makes sense, doesn't it? This is a headphones on, eyes closed record, or it's a blast it in the backyard and burn Amazon boxes records. You can take it in whichever way you prefer. It requires a patience and appreciation for psychedelic rock, but I don't think it's too sophisticated to enjoy for any novice. This is just excellent music in its purest form. And I want you to fall into the hole that I did. And I'm going to end this episode with that 11 minute centerpiece passages. And with it, we will wrap up my top 23 of 2023. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.